from Genesis chapter 2 and beginning with verse 2, and I'm going to read two verses of Scripture, then I'm going to skip down to Hebrews chapter 4, but Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 says this, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, Because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And I'd like to read to you from Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 9, 10, and 11. This is what the word of the Lord says. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest... He also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example. And we're going to talk about that same example. But he's referring to an example that he had previously referred. After the same example of unbelief. I just want to talk to you this morning about entering into his rest. Entering into his rest. Could we lift up our voices unto God and ask his blessing and his anointing upon the remainder of this service today. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise. And we honor your name that is above every name. I thank you for every word of worship that has already gone forth today. Every word of prayer Every word of admonition and every praise that has been lifted up unto your name. I pray, oh God, that the, as the vapor has ascended, that the rain of your glory will descend upon us. Fill this house, Lord, and anoint the preaching of the word that it may go forth unabated by any effort of the enemy. Let it have free course that it may do all that you desire it to do in our lives. And for that, we give you praise. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. God bless you. It's certainly so good to see all of you today. We find out quickly in the word of God that God is interested in the idea of rest and he places a great value on it just right out of the gate if you please he is already talking about the importance of rest so important is rest that God exemplified it for us he who neither slumbers nor sleeps rested as an example to us of its importance. And so we know the importance of rest. We don't always practice our knowledge of that, and sometimes we abuse that. Either extreme is not good. Uh, Sometimes we rest too much, or we don't rest enough. And in both cases, we do ourselves a disservice. God taught us both in his exemplifying of rest the importance of laboring and the importance of resting. And you know from having gone to uh, sleep last night when your eyelids became heavy and you were beginning to drift off and become drowsy, uh, you knew what that meant. Your body was getting ready to shut down for a period of time. And it is a wonder what takes place in the human body during that period of we call sleep, but, uh, but when it's restless sleep, it doesn't do as much for us. But when it is restful sleep, then it has a great benefit to your human body and to your mood and to your nervous system and to your circulation system. And there's a healing that occurs overnight as your body receives the rest that it needs. Now, as you know, we've been doing a lot of overseas travel, so I have no idea what time zone I'm in right now. 
Sometimes I'm in the Eastern Standard Time Zone and sometimes I'm in the Twilight Zone. But I'm somewhere, sometimes I'm zoning in and sometimes I'm zoning out. But uh, when you wake up at 3.45 in the morning, up and at him. I mean, ready to roll, excited for, to face a new day. Uh, you find out quickly the value of rest and what happens when you, when you lack that rest. And so, so we need it. God typified it. God exampled it for us. And he did so in the very first chapter of the Bible. Not only did he typify for us the importance of it and, and example that for us, but he, he did more than that. Not only did he do the act of resting, but the Bible says of all the days of creation, that seventh day, the day where he rested, that day is the day that he blessed and sanctified. All of the other days, he labored and he did a lot of important work. Everything that every other day uh, required and involved was significant and important to the goals of God. But on that seventh day, he rested. And he said, this is the day that is blessed. This is the day that is sanctified. And I will tell you that, that God was not just laboring on the other days and working on the other days and speaking things into existence on the other days, but God was actually buildings day by day, step by step, unto that day of rest. The whole goal was to create a world where rest can exist. And I will tell you that today I've come to preach to you that God wants to give you rest. God wants to give your mind rest. God wants to give your, your family the rest that they need. God wants to give you rest from violence. He wants to give you rest from sadness. He wants to give you rest from poverty. He wants to give us rest from war and rumors of war. He wants to give us rest, sweet, holy Sabbath. Something where your whole person can just relax and fall into the arms of God knowing that all is well and that there is nothing that is worth your fear or anxiety. Now, you know what I'm describing. I'm talking about a city where the lamb is the light. I'm talking about a place where there is no more sadness or sorrow, where there is no more stress, where there is no more depression, where there is no more anxiety. This is the rest that God has for you. And he wants to give it to you. But I will tell you that receiving that rest is a process. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Everybody wants the rest. But they don't want the process that develops into that rest. But by the help of God, we want to talk about how to enter into the rest of God that he has prepared for us. And I will tell you that, again, everybody wants it. Everybody wants a place of peace. Communism says that they can provide utopia. What are they saying? They're appealing to the human nature of peace desire. That, that some, certain something in the heart of every man, woman, child that says, I want peace in my life. And, 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 and the Hindu religion will tell you that there is nirvana that you can experience. And Buddhism will tell you that there is Zen. There is a self-enlightenment. But I will tell you that rest that comes from God comes only through Jesus Christ. You cannot find the rest you are seeking anywhere else other than Jesus Christ. You cannot find it in a bottle. You cannot find it in a, in a pill. You cannot find it in a $100 bill or lots of them. You cannot find the rest that God has for you in any other venue than in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a fool's errand to try to achieve it any other way. Yet people try it all over the world. In fact, we're in a time this month where we talk about Christmas and we talk about the time of our Lord's entrance into this world. 
but a lot of people, everybody knows how special this time of year is. There's no question that people understand how special this time of year is. And, and people get interesting. They get, you know, they get festive. And they, uh, and they like to do little things that, that make the, 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 the season merry. Uh, and they like, to, they like to put little decorations up just to kind of lighten the mood. And, and they, they like to hear little jingle bells. And, uh, and they, they, all of these are little efforts at, uh, at, at providing peace and rest of thought and rest of mind. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of the songs that are sung around this time of year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some of these. These are not necessarily blessed old hymns, but here's some of the songs that you may have heard. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. What are they talking about? A feeling of Christmas. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting, smile after Smile, and on every street corner you hear silver bells, silver bells. Do you know the writer of this song, Jay Livingston, said that the, the inspiration of this song was the jingling of the bells of the Salvation Army uh, 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 individuals who would collect the, the funds for the Salvation Army donations. And he said that when he heard the silver bells jingling and ringling, ringing, it just, it just brought such comfort to him. All of the peace and all of the love and all of the joy. That's not the only uh, song. L- listen to this song here. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. A winter wonderland? Are you kidding me? I mean, I know we love, we love snow, but you know why we love snow? We love snow for a variety of different reasons. Some people love snow because it, it, it brings up the idea of Christmas has gone by and they think of hot chocolate and they think of bundling up and they think of going out into the, into the snow. But I'm going to tell you, you wouldn't like snow nearly as much without that fireplace. You wouldn't, like, you wouldn't like snow nearly as much with that little hot cocoa waiting on the inside, a little hot cider for you. It's, it's the comforts that you associate mentally with the idea of cold weather. Winter is not a wonderland. Winter is death. Everything has died. The ground is frozen. Nothing can grow right now. It is total depression. There's a blanket of darkness that has covered the earth. But look at what is found. Look at the beauty that is found in this season of winter. Gone away is the bluebird. In other words, the birds are smart enough to leave it when everything... Here to stay is a new bird. He sings a love song as he goes along walking in the winter wonderland in the meadow that's normally covered with wildflowers, but not right now. We can build a snowman. We'll pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man, but you can do the job when you're in town. They're just making stuff up. They're just making the best (laughs) of a very bad situation. And everybody loves it. I'm, I'm right in the middle. I got scarfs and earmuffs and gloves and, and, and boots and coats and sweaters, four of them. I want to walk out in the winter wonderland too. It's just we've, we've done something. What have we done? We're looking for peace in the midst of the storm. We're, 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 we're lighting the fire and we'll roast some chestnuts on that fire while Jack Frost is nipping at our nose. That is a really poetic way to describe hypothermia. It's very clever, very creative way of describing f- dangerous frostbite. <laughs> Somebody said, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know where the treetops glisten, children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright. And the more I talk about it, the more festive you're feeling. I see scarves going on as I speak. And, and, and the reason is because we have, we have found that this time of year, the whole world's attention centers on one lone 
act of God when he became a man, born as a babe in a manger. Now, the three, the three sets of lyrics that I recited to you have a few things in common, and they are these. One of them is that they, they, they mention Christmas, but they don't mention Jesus. And it's because they're written by songwriters and composers of a certain persuasion, a Jewish persuasion, that believes deeply in the concept of Christ, but doesn't want to accept Jesus as that Christ. And so here's what I want us to understand is that all of that peace and all of that joy and all of that love and all the meeting smile after smile, all of that is a fantasy without Jesus. But in Jesus, it can be real. In Jesus, it's, it's our life. It's our story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Hallelujah. It is a blessed assurance. When I walk into this building, we ought to meet smile after smile. There ought to be busy sidewalks and busy aisles in this building with people that are full of the love of God and the joy of his spirit, people who have entered into that rest. I want you to know that it is a rest that is for you, but it is not without process. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that process. That process is demonstrated in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 3 is a recitation of when the children of Israel did not believe that God could give them the land of promise. They didn't believe he could do it. They didn't believe he would do it. They thought that their inabilities were an inhibition to what God could do through them. And so they looked at the promised land and said, there are giants and we cannot overcome those giants. But it was a promise from God. And when it's a promise from God, you don't have to lean on your strength. You can lean upon the promise of God. I want you to know that his promise standeth sure. His promise is a firm foundation. And you're not going to find that rest that you're looking for in any other way or any other place or any other person. But you can find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 deals with the fact that these people missed out upon the promise of God. And it tells four things that we ought to let ourselves do. It says to let us, four admonitions for us to do. Hebrews chapter four and verse one says, let us therefore fear, let us fear, lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, if any of us should come short of it. He said, let us fear. So one of the rare moments in the scriptures where he's admonishing us to fear something, and it is phobia. It's the word phobia. He's telling us to have phobia. If you're going to have any phobia, have the phobia that you might not be able, or that you might not receive what God has for you. Step boldly into his promise and let God give you what he desires to give you. So let us fear lest by any means we would come short of the promise of God. The next one is Luke 4 and verse 11, which we read. Let us labor to enter into that rest. Let us do what we've got to do to step into the rest that God has for us. Verse 14 says, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. So the third thing we're to do is to hold fast our profession. Hold on and never let go. The final thing that we're to do in verse 16 is let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that it ought to be present in your mind that God has a blessing for you. There is a rest that remaineth for the people of God. And if you're going to be concerned about anything in this world, be concerned that you might miss out on it because of your own unwillingness to believe. Hallelujah. We look at these days of creation that lead up to the day of rest. They are building blocks to the day of rest. If one of those days is missing, the seventh day does not occur. 
The seventh day is the seventh day because there was a first day and a second and a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. And there were intentional things that God did in those days of creation that prepared the world to receive the rest that is blessed and that is sanctified. And these are the same days of creation that have to take place in our lives. And so we're going to talk about them for a little bit this morning. The first day of creation, day one, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, when God said, let there be light, that word, let there be, that's actually one Hebrew word. And it simply means, it's simply haya, and it means I am. So God was actually saying, I am light. When God identified himself as light, there was light that illuminated the whole earth. Here's what that teaches us. It is the identity of God that gives light to the world. And the Bible says that when light came, he divided the light from the darkness. So when the identity of God was known, it immediately created a contrast between the light and the darkness. And God said, this light is called day and this darkness is called night. There is a division. Now before, before he spoke and before his spirit moved, the Bible teaches us that the earth was without form. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. That means that waters covered the whole earth and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Darkness, mystery, Something of, a, something of a, a complete unknown to man. Man unable to know it. It was darkness and it was upon the face of the deep. But God's spirit moved upon the face of those waters. And God said, I am light or let there be light. And there was light. And God said, this light is day, that darkness is night. And there was a distinction right then and there between light and darkness. What we find out in day one is that to know who God is tells us the difference between light and darkness. In a world where they call evil good and good evil, in a world where they call light darkness and darkness light, in a world where they call wisdom foolishness and foolishness wisdom, and in a world where nobody wants anybody else telling them about God, in a world where they try to subdue any talk of God to prevent anyone from knowing who he really is, it is imperative that the church rise up and say, let me tell you who Jesus is. I want you to know that God is creator and God is one and God is our savior and God is all powerful and God is love and God is our peace and I could go on but I'm just describing what God is let me tell you who God is Jesus is God and it is of utmost importance that in our singing and in our testimony and in our preaching and in everything we say and do, that we never stop declaring the absolute truth that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and him only shall you serve. This is what divides the light from the darkness. When you begin to look at the Lord, you don't need me to come in all of the time and try to tell you everything you're supposed to do and not to do. I need to bring Jesus before you and say, look at Jesus. Look how he lived his life. Look how he demonstrated his character. Look at how he treated people. This is the light. And we walk in the light as he is in the light. And it divides the light from the darkness. Hallelujah. So he is the great I am, the altogether lovely, the all in all. He is the first, the last, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the ending. He is the only wise God and savior, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He alone is worthy to be praised. This is who he is. Don't look for another. He is Jesus the Christ. He is Jehovah salvation, Messiah, the anointed one. He is the spotless lamb. He is the door to the sheepfold. 
He is the scapegoat. He is the good shepherd. He is the bread of life. He is the water of life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one true living God who lives on the inside of us. What are, you, what are you doing, Pastor Urshan? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put Jesus in front of you so you can see the difference between him and everything else that exists in this world. Hallelujah. He brings peace and he brings joy and he brings righteousness and he brings love and he brings hope and he brings healing. Hallelujah. And, and so it's important then for the light to be divided from the darkness. And when you know the difference between light and darkness, you've got to walk in the light. As he is in the light, you've got to choose to walk away from darkness. You've got to set aside the works of darkness. It's called repentance. It's you saying, I'm not going to be a part of darkness. I'm going to step into the glorious light of God. That's day one. Day two is when God said, all right, I've created the difference between light and darkness. And I did so with my identity. You know who I am which gives you an understanding of the difference between right and wrong. If God's for it, it's right. If he's against it, it's wrong. If his Bible declares it, it's right. If somebody else declares it in contrast to the scriptures, it's wrong. Hallelujah. Let God be true and every man a liar. His word is something you can plant your feet upon. His identity, his name, his word, his truth divides the light from the darkness. Day two, he creates a firmament. Once you know the difference between right and wrong and you know who God is, it's now imperative that you create an environment that, that illustrates this truth. What are we doing? We're trying to get to that day of rest. And you can't get to that day of rest if you keep living in the darkness you know to be false. You'll never get to that day of rest and that place of peace where you're meeting smile after smile, where you are, where you are at peace in the dead of winter, where you feel warm in the coldest days of the year. How can you arrive at a winter wonderland? You arrive in winter wonderlands when you begin to walk through these days of creation. Once you know what is right and what is wrong because you know who God is, then you've got to create a firmament. You've got to create an atmosphere. You've got to allow your atmosphere to speak the truth of God. This is why you need to play music that exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why you don't need to just listen to Sunday's message on Sunday and go home. You need to listen to it over and over again. Get in the word. Let it spur thought. Let it lead you to something else. Get in the book for yourself and receive a rhema word from the Lord that's going to give you a daily bread. Create a firmament. Hallelujah. An atmosphere. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that he divided the waters from the waters. Waters on the earth and waters above the heavens. And some the, the, those who, who have mocked the scriptures have said, look at that primitive misunderstanding and misappropriation of science. They think that the rain is waters above the heavens and they don't realize that it's a, they didn't realize it in Genesis 1 that it was a vapor that went up and came back down in the form of rain. And, and, and little did they know, but they learned about 30 years ago that there are oceans of water in the galaxies far, far away. Even beyond the Milky Way, there are space oceans of water. God literally put waters above the heavens. And he told us about it in Genesis 1. And it took forever for NASA to figure it out. And the mocking and the criticism that they've given to the word of God through the years is all being disproven and debunked. And the longer we live, the more we realize that God is true. I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. You need to, in this firmament you're creating, the firmament you're creating for your family and your marriage and your children, it needs to be seasoned and softened with the graciousness of God. It needs to be filled with prayer and thanksgiving and goodness and glory. Hallelujah. Don't let the clutter of the world get in on your thinking and cause you to miss out on that day of rest. 
while we were in Europe trying to make our way home, one flight after another just canceled. Delayed, 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 canceled. Delayed, 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 canceled, canceled, canceled. You talk about cancel culture. We were in the middle <laughs> of cancel culture. I didn't know if we'd ever get back to Cincinnati. And so the, the, the night that before we were supposed to fly, my, uh, my wife and I were grabbing a bite to eat, and I was thinking, you know, man, if we, if we can't get out tomorrow, they were calling for freezing rain. It was, a, it was a blessing we were able to get out when we did. They were calling for freezing rain the next morning, which was going to do again what it had done earlier. And I said, well, if we can't get out, maybe they can at least get us to this city, and we can stay the night, and then they can get us on a flight then the next day. And I'm, I'm just stressing about it. And Sister Heidi said, you're, you're, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to stop stressing about this. And, let the Lord kind of handle this for you. And I thought, well, that's a novel thought. Maybe I should. I think I've heard somebody preach something about that before. If I... Amen. Brother Jib and Sister Carly had sent me a message earlier in the day, and they were thanking me for a Thanksgiving podcast that was, that was made a couple of weeks ago, and they said, you know, it really helped us and blessed us. And so uh, I, I just thought, you know, I'm going to go, uh, I'm gonna go uh, just clear my mind a little bit. And I turned on that Thanksgiving podcast. I'd never heard it. I produced it, but I never heard it. And, and so as I went to listen to it, you talk about feeling convicted. I was saying things, like, and folks, you've got to understand. Can I, can I, is it okay? Don't tell anybody this. Don't tell any. This is just between you and I, just between you and I. I had turned into the children of Israel in the wilderness. I was murmuring and complaining about every little thing that was going wrong. And then I turn on this Thanksgiving podcast, and this is what I hear myself saying. Be thankful for the little things. If your legs work, be thankful for that. If, and if your legs don't work, be thankful that your arms do. And if... If your arms don't work, be thankful that your heart is beating. And I am just like melting into the floor. And I'm like, man, this guy has some good stuff to say. I hope people really listen to what he's saying. And I realized I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. I'm not, I'm not doing what I know to do. I'm not walking in the light. I'm not creating the firmament that's necessary for the day of rest to come. And so I had to, I stopped right where I was and I, I took the earbuds out and said, oh God, thank you that we're safe and sound. Thank you that everybody's all right at home. Thank you that I've got health in my body. Thank you that we've got food to eat. Thank you that we're not out in the cold tonight, but we've got shelter over our head. Thank you, thank you. I've come to tell some, create that environment that's necessary. There's a day of rest coming, but it can't get to you if you're environment is crowded by the clutter of this world if you're if your atmosphere if your firmament is not being prepared and fostered for God to do something good in your life hallelujah so you you've got to you got to put the atmosphere set the atmosphere that's what the that's what worship does get you some good worship music Hallelujah. And turn on music that magnifies Jesus Christ. And, and, and turn on the preaching of the word of God. Turn on just the word. Let the word play over and over and over in your mind. These little gadgets, don't let them be for evil. Turn them into something good. And let the word of God play over and over in your heart and mind. Until that atmosphere becomes conducive for the day of rest that God has in store for you. Oh, hallelujah. That's day two, and you, and, and, but you want to keep on going, okay? We're getting to day seven. Day three, the Bible says that the waters were gathered together unto one place. God took all those waters that once covered the face of the deep. They were all on the earth. He took some, put them up into the galaxies, and then he, and then he put some, left the other on the earth. And the Bible says that even then he gathered them unto one place. Before that... They were just covering the face of the earth and it was a mystery what was under them. And man could never know what was under those waters as long as they never were collected and gathered. And so in this environment that you have, you want to let God gather the things you don't understand unto one place. The things that you can't navigate, the things that you can't, you can't uh, uh, 
go deep enough. It's the deep. It's a place of confusion. It's a place of mystery to man. And there are things like that in your life that you don't understand. And they are questions that are ever pressing that you'll never be able to resolve. And you'll overthink and you'll overthink and you'll ruminate and you'll overthink and you'll make everybody around you miserable and you'll stress yourself out. But if you'll gather the waters together unto one place, and I'm going to tell you who that place is. That place is Jesus Christ. It was the first time that God parted the waters. The Red Sea parting of the waters was a throwback to what he did at creation. He parted the waters at creation. And they walked through on dry ground at the Red Sea. But when he parted the waters at creation, the Bible says it let the dry land appear. And let me tell you something God knows about your circumstances. Underneath those waters is dry land. Stuff you can't see. Stuff you didn't know existed. Blessings. Hallelujah. Land that we inhabit right now used to be covered by water. But God gathered together the waters under one place and created a boundary for the seas and said, you stay there because I'm going to do a work on this dry land. God is going to cause dry, untouched land of blessing to emerge in your life. Fruitful land, fertile land. You know what he did with that land that appeared? The Bible said he put seed in it and said the seed is going to bring forth fruit. When else God parted the waters and when you're going to part the waters, when you repent of your sins and are baptized in Jesus name, those waters are going to part when you go down in the waters in Jesus name. And when you come up out of those waters, you come up as dry land that can receive seed and bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. Ah, glory. I said, you come up as dry land. You don't look like soggy, muddy, swampy. You don't look like what you've been through. You come up out. That's why you can walk around this room today and you get to talking to some of the saints of God and they look holy and they look godly right now. You know why? Because that's dry land. It doesn't even look like it was ever submerged, but there was a day when it was submerged in the waters of alcohol addiction. There was a day when it was submerged in the, in the waters of depression and anxiety and suicidal tendencies and perverse lifestyles. It used to be submerged in the waters of degradation but God who is rich so rich in mercy he said you come get in these waters we're going to part these waters and we're going to gather these waters how many remember the day I said how many remember what it used to be like You can tell who they are because they're the ones who can't stop praising his name. You can tell who they are. You can't always tell by looking because they don't look like what they've been through. But just keep your eye open for those who say he's been so good to me. I just can't stay in my seat any longer. I got to give God praise. I got to give God praise. They love much because they've been forgiven much. Hallelujah. Never believe they spent that many years in prison. Never believe they spent that many years depressed and addicted. Never believe they spent that many years unloving, unkind, unthankful. Never believe it because it's dry land. The seed of God's word can go into their heart. And up comes love. And up comes joy. And up comes peace. Oh, if you'll pardon me, I'm just going to walk through this winter wonderland for a little while. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm telling you? I'm just going to give him some praise in the dead of winter. In the the midst of the storm, I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. Ah. 
Hallelujah. Day four, the Bible said he put lights in that firmament. That same firmament that was created, now there are lights that live inside that firmament. And that greater light is to rule the day. And that lesser light is to rule the night. The greater light is to rule the day. And the lesser light is to rule the night. There are times you're going to walk in the day and it's a great big sunshine. But even when you're walking in the night, they're going to be twinkle, twinkle, little stars. It's lesser light, but you can see where you're going. And you know how to get where you need to go. What's happening? I'm, I'm, I'm going to the day of rest. Hallelujah. Day five, he fills those waters that were once so confusing and so intimidating. He fills them with fish. He fills them with things that can live inside of waters. That once just, they just represented things you didn't understand. But now life can thrive even in the things you don't understand. Even in the stuff that, that used to stump you and stop you and, 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 and cripple your ability to move forward in life and marriage, relationship, even in the things you don't understand. Life is abounding. Schools of fish everywhere you go. There's a whole universe and you may not understand it all, but that's all right. There's, there's, there's ability to live and move even in the things I don't understand. I want you to know something. You may not know certain things, but you can take rest in what you do know. I don't have to know everything. What I do know gives me peace about the things I don't know. I don't have to have my hand gripping every piece of information. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. Hallelujah. You hear, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know that all things work together for the good. These things I know. And because I know these things, I'm all right with the stuff I don't know. I'm all right with the stuff I don't know. I'm anchored by the things I do know. So even in the, even in the waters, now life is thriving. On the sixth day, beasts of the field and man, man, God created man and woman. Male and female created he them in his image. You will never be able to step into the seventh day of rest until you allow yourself to be made in his image. I, I want you to know he's still working on me. Making me what I ought to be. Ooh, hallelujah. The old song said, I got a long way to go just to be like my Lord. But the, but the scripture says, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, hallelujah, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. It will not be filtered by what somebody says about him. It'll be him. True and holy, him, pure and good. And I shall see him as he is, and I shall be like him. Do you know that in that great and glorious city, that new Jerusalem, the Bible describes the river, the walls, the gates, everything about it. Clear as crystal, transparent like glass. All of it was translucent and transparent, everything over there is translucent and transparent. The gates, the jasper, the pearl, the gold. I know when we talk about streets of gold, we think it's this big yellow brick road. That's not what it is. It's not a yellow brick. It's not earthly gold. It's pure gold. It has no taint to it whatsoever. You can see right through it all. The Bible says that there's no temple in that city. No need of it. The lamb is the temple. The Bible says there's no sun there or moon. No need of it. The lamb is the sun. The lamb is the light. 
Everything that does exist is transparent and translucent, clear as crystal, transparent like glass. Everything is, you can see through it all because the lamb is the center of it all and nothing is to block our view of him. So when the Bible says that he hath tried me and I come forth as gold, tried in the fire, it's saying he's making me like him. Stripping one more layer of Joel off with each fiery trial. One more layer of Joel is disappearing because I don't go to heaven with my name. I go to heaven in his name. I don't go to heaven with what I've accomplished. I go to heaven with what he has accomplished. I'm filled with his spirit. That's what raises my body from the dead. I'm washed in his blood. That's what cleanses my record. That's what remits my sin. So when I stand before him in judgment, I'm not standing there as Joel. I'm standing there purified. Like gold tried in the fire. What you're going through today, right now, God is stripping one more layer of you. Just let him do it. I know, I know. I Listen, I understand. It's a lot to go through. But just stop fighting the process and just keep worshiping his name. Keep being faithful unto his word. Just keep, just keep living for him and serving him and loving him and loving one another. And listen to what's going to happen one day. He's going to strip so much of you off of you that people aren't even going to see you when they look at you. They're going to look at you, see through you to Jesus. They're only going to see Jesus. He'll just be Jesus walking around. It'll just be a spotless, innocent, holy, blameless, pure lamb of God. That's what we mean when we say, I don't want people to see me. I want them to see Jesus. That's what we're talking about. That's rest. That's peace. But it's a process. Somebody here today is standing in the second day, fourth day, fifth day. I don't know where you are, but I want you to step further Take the next step into the next day. Take, take another step into the next day until you come into that day of pure and holy rest. There remaineth a rest for the people of God. I want somebody who needs rest for your mind. I want you to lift up your hands right now in the name of the Lord and say, Oh God, give me the strength to step into the next day. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. That's it. Somebody who needs rest in your spirit, rest in your soul. Hallelujah. You want peace. You want peace like a river. You're ready for peace in your home. You're ready for peace in your nervous system. You're ready for peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes down from the Father above. All across this building, I wonder if you could lift up your hands unto the Lord and give him the praise that he's worthy of. Could you just give him the praise that he's worthy of? Could you give him the praise that he's worthy of? Hallelujah. I want somebody right now who's dealing with some murky stuff and you don't know what the outcome is. You're looking into the face of the deep. It's time to let life happen even in the midst of those deep and troubling circumstances. Come on, let life live. Let life thrive. Let the fish multiply. Come on, let the fish multiply. Hallelujah, let the whales multiply. Hallelujah, let all of the different living creatures that you don't even know exist. Let God do something you can't even put your finger on. I want people who have murky circumstances I want you to come right now in the name of Jesus things that are weighing on your mind and on your spirit and you're not sure all you want is rest all you want is peace all you want is for God to do something in your life that the promises of God can be fulfilled. Where you can walk in a winter wonderland, if you please. Where you, where you can cozy up by the warmth. God's going to teach you how to create an environment for a seventh day to exist. God's going to teach you how to step away from darkness and into light. God's going to teach you. How to let things live that you, you don't even understand and could never put your finger on. But even in the deep.
deepest, most troubling of circumstances, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. The day of rest is coming, my brother. The day of rest that you long for is coming. The day of rest that you long for. Keep on walking. Step into the next day. It's one day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. There's a day of rest coming for you.
something